This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. I'm Professor Americus Reed. Oh, Jeff Simmons on audio. He's always bringing my favorite tracks to the sounds of Marketing Matters. This is Americus Reed, and they actually call me the fourth member of the Horsemen for Marketing, a.k.a. the Ric Flair of Biz Radio. Today, woo, I've got the style and profile like never before. And of course, this is Sirius XM's Business Radio Channel 132, powered by the Wharton School of Business. The show is Marketing Matters. We actually prove that the difference between success and failure is your ability to segment, target, position, and message to your customers. Marketing Matters airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we are replayed several times throughout the week. I'm happy to welcome our next guest to the program. This is Lauren Kalmus, Chief Marketing Officer of Trovery. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Americus. Good evening to you. I feel like maybe as a Wharton alum, I should be calling you Professor Reed. <laughs> wow. Well, Lauren, you've already made me feel a little bit old, uh, but I appreciate that. Please call me Americus, and uh, welcome back to Wharton virtually through the radio. We are excited. The Wharton family, hashtag my Wharton, 97,000 alumni, and we're excited to have you on the program, Lauren. Well, I'm happy to be back. Awesome. Very, very cool stuff. Now, before we jump into some of the cool stuff that we're uh, that you're working on in terms of the luxury space and online watch purchases and things of that nature and the great work you're doing with Trovery, uh, I do want to step back a little bit and give our listeners a sense of your journey and kind of the trajectory that kind of led you to where you are today, how you started off, where you pivoted, uh, what were some of the big aha moments, the things that you learned in your life that helped you to actually Find out what you're passionate about and to plug into those things that give your life meaning. Ooh, it sounds like it sounds like this crazy, you know, philosophical thing, but I, I love to give my listeners context of what my guests are doing. Well, happy to do that. And ironically, the answer to your question all started in the hallowed halls of Wharton. Oh, wow. Very cool. It is. And I, I think back to my second year of business school with my marketing degree, really trying to think deeply about what it was that made me feel passionate and excited Mm -hmm. and how I wanted to take this amazing toolbox and put it into action. And I really knew that, well, I wanted to be in the marketing discipline. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be more in a strategic marketing role and a business development role and something that had international exposure. Okay. So while at Wharton, I had the opportunity to recruit on campus with a company called North American Watch Company. Oh, interesting. Which was a little bit of a misnomer because while they were only North American, the reason that they were coming to campus was because of a newly established international division. Oh. And they wanted to take their portfolio of brands and expand it outside of the United States. Mm -hmm. And I thought that sounded like a pretty extraordinary opportunity to be strategic, to travel, to use sort of the global awareness that I had come into Wharton with, Mm -hmm. that I had certainly expanded upon in my studies. Um, And I would be be exaggerating if I said that I loved watches, that that was uh, the luxury spaces where I wanted to be. It wasn't so much about the product, it was more about the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so um, the gentleman who ended up coming to campus to recruit for North American Watch His name is Fred Levin, and he ended up being my very first boss Uh post-MBA. I ended up going to the 
North American watch company that then renamed itself Movado Group. Oh, wow. And I had a wonderful 13 years there at Movado Group in a number of different roles. But what I realized over time is that the things that were important to me was to, A, feel incredibly passionate about Mm. the product, about the long-term opportunity. I wanted to always be in a brand-building role Mm -hmm. as opposed to sort of managing a 10% growth. I wanted to start from a blank piece of paper and Mm -hmm. create something that hadn't existed before. And most importantly, surround myself with incredibly smart, passionate, talented people because I realized that that's when I did my best work. And uh, so from what I learned in that first experience at North American Watch Company and working with Fred Levin and other incredibly smart people, that sort of informed my entire career. I've oh. stayed in the watch space for the past, I don't know if I want to admit it, but let's <laughs> just say over 20 years. Wow. And uh, all of those things have been the biggest contributors to where I am now, which is still in the watch space, and ironically or coincidentally, now working with Fred Levin again 20 years later. Wow, that is an amazing journey, uh, Lauren. What's interesting about your journey, which I, I think is makes it quite... Um, uh, qu- quite rare here is that I meet a lot of students, Lauren, who show up and they've automatically kind of decided that, well, Wharton is a finance school and, you know, I'm going to go to Wall Street and try to do that thing. Or they've kind of decided, well, I'm going to do the consulting thing. But you kind of knew, like early on, like this is my passion and, I, and you, and it doesn't sound like you wasted a lot of time, like sort of pursuing that, right? Well, I think I had a pretty clear sense of who I was oh. and what really sort of lit a fire under me and the things that I enjoyed. And I guess the one lesson that I took from that is to sort of stay true to that. Mm -hmm. So while at Wharton, I certainly got a pretty extraordinary sort of quant finance Mm -hmm. sort of operations management background, Mm -hmm. which I think has helped me sort of hone the left side and the right side of my brain and has put me in a really good position Mm -hmm. to be a much more strategic marketeer and maybe a business developer. Oh, what I really love about this, Lauren, I just you, I'm I'm getting goosebumps when I hear your story because yeah. I mean, the listeners, you, I hope you were paying attention to what Lauren just said. Three very important points that she's that have been sort of a centerpiece for her: choosing something that you're very passionate about and staying true to that. Number one, taking a long-term view in that vision, and then doing something with building, creating. Like she called it, brand building from scratch. But it doesn't necessarily have to be building a brand. Creating something that you really, really care deeply about. Those three things, I think, are really nice kind of hallmarks that kind of, I think, correlate, uh, Lauren, with this idea of really not just doing a job or finding a job to do, but actually uncovering a calling. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. And the one thing I would add to it is I've always had this keen interest in solving problems Uh, because I believe there's no problem out there that there isn't a solution mm -hmm. that you just need to really dig down and sort of think deeply and analyze it and come up with it. And that's what I love about sort of my entire career path and sort of where I've landed today is 
now an entrepreneur and a co-founder of a brand new company called Trovery. Trovery. We're going to talk about Trovery in just a second. I'm excited about it, Lauren. It's. I think it's amazing. Uh, I think what I love about the, your story is that you know you you found your space and you and you and you started executing on it and you stayed true to those four uh, sort of values, if you will, which I love. I'm going to be a little bit honest. I am a, a huge fan of watches, and I fancy myself one day, Lauren, being able to potentially have an identity label called watch collector. Uh, and so I'm super excited about hearing about this space. I dabbled in it one second uh, when I, I went to this um, this big uh, sort of watch show in New York City, and they were sort of putting the, the art pieces on display. And as soon as I saw some of the price tags, I mean, it was like immediate sticker shock. So I was like, well, maybe I'm not quite ready to be a collector yet. Uh, but talk a little bit. But what, what was really interesting about this, Lauren, was that I was learning a lot about, you know, what, what defines in the watch space, like what defines a high quality watch. And there's different ways that, that the, there's different metrics around how you would talk about what's inside this piece of craftsmanship that makes it, you know, an, a high-end kind of piece of art that you wear on your wrist. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think the answer is it depends upon the consumer, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all looking for different things for us that define quality. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I love most about the watch category is regardless of whether you're buying it for yourself or for someone else, because of this price tag, it is rarely an impulse purchase, mm. and it's rarely done casually. So there's a lot of thought and intent and discovery oh, and dreaming that's put behind the category. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. very often, it has an important sort of sentimental role in your life. It mm. represents a milestone. It could be, you know, a, a marriage, a birth, an anniversary, a birthday, it could be a gift for someone else. Mm. And I love the idea that there, this was, uh, we were going to be part of people's lives and their stories. And when somebody looked at their watch and asked a question, there would be a really touching sort of anecdote around the mm. where and the why and what you look forward to doing with the watch one day, a la handing it down to your own children as wow. a keepsake. What I love about that, Lauren, is that listeners, you have to pay attention to what Lauren is talking about here. This is very, very important because what she's describing is the nirvana of marketing. And that is to say, you know, not just producing a thing, right? But, and not just focusing on what that thing is and what it'll do in terms of its features. But really, I love the word you use, Lauren, dreaming. It's like, I'm gonna connect this, this beautiful piece of art to you as a person. And I'm going to have this, this object wrapped up in the emotions and the sentimental value and all of the positive affect that's associated with that milestone in your life that sort of represents and sort of becomes symbolic of this piece of art. And that that, that is brand, I mean, that's loyalty. That's the highest level, right? Absolutely. And I think that's why I answered your question about what makes a high quality walk mm-hmm. that way, because it depends upon what the person is looking for. So I think for, there are, People, traditionally men, who sort of fancy themselves to be watch aficionados or collectors, and for them it's all about this exquisite piece of machinery mm-hmm. that is now on their wrist. And you can close your eyes and imagine a 
Swiss watchmaker. Maybe he's a third-generation Swiss watchmaker with the monocle in his eye, leaning <laughs> over a yes. workbench yes. and painstakingly putting together a movement piece by piece by hand yes. that maybe takes 30, 45, 60 days to put together. Mm. What price do you put yes. on that, right? right? So I think for some people, it's all about the the legacy, the mm. centuries-old craftsmanship, the one-of-a-kind nature. Mm-hmm. This is not coming off of an assembly line. Mm-hmm. This is something that someone is literally putting their blood, sweat, and tears wow. over to produce for you to wear on your wrist. I think for other people, it's more kind of style and fashion mm, and a mm-hmm. representation of how you want people to view you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that maybe is measured through, you know, beautiful, elegant design. Maybe it's done through how many grams of gold has been used <laughs> in making a bracelet or how many, what, how many diamonds or how many total carat weight is being embellished into dials or in bezels because that's how you define quality. So the beauty in the watch space is that regardless of how you define it, there are always ways of sort of affiliating with brands and collections. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's not a one-stop solution, but you have a number of different watches in your case that Mm -hmm. you pull out and wear on different occasions, depending upon how you feel and what you want to express at that moment. I love what you're talking about, Lauren, because I'm super interested in the the topic of identity, and it's a very cool topic. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we are speaking with Lauren Kalmus, Chief Marketing Officer of Trovery. Uh, If you want to join this conversation, please feel free to do so. 1-844-WARTON is the number, 1-844-942-7866. Now, Lauren, I do want to pivot a little bit to Trovery, because give us a little bit of the background here. This sounds very exciting. It is exciting because it goes back to the things that I talked about before, a category I feel passionate about, surrounding myself with incredibly smart, talented people, mm-hmm. and solving problems. So Trovery is actually a, an online destination for luxury watches. Okay. We are the first of our kind because we are brand authorized. We have 17 luxury brands in our portfolio, and we aren't authorized by one or two, but we are authorized by each and every one of those partners, which Uh is an incredible portfolio to have. And authorizations by brands means that we are selling authentic, genuine watches backed by the manufacturer's own warranty. Okay. And so it is a risk-free proposition as if you were walking into a beautiful independent jeweler who's been on Main Street USA for, Mm -hmm. you know, generations. Generations. In many, many cases. So Mm -hmm. the first thing that's exciting is that we're authorized. The Mm -hmm. second is that we are multi-branded because there are people who know when they're going into sort of this dreaming mode that they're dreaming only of a... Breitling watch, Mm -hmm. and so they're considering lots of different collections within Breitling, Mm -hmm. but there are people who are looking for a particular style, and they would like to consider something in a multi-branded environment. So imagine walking into a store and speaking to a consultant and describing what you're looking for. 
he or she would pull out a tray and come up with three or four different recommendations for you to consider. Mm-hmm. Well, we do the same thing online okay. because we are multi-branded and we oh. can make that same sort of recommendation to a consumer for their consideration. I see. And so just to quickly uh, shoot this out there to the listeners, uh, Lauren, trovery.com is the website, T-R-O-V-E-R-I-E.com, correct? That is it. And you know, trovery is based on the root word trove. Mm-hmm. Like treasure a, trove? A treasure trove, mm-hmm. a place that you would store or find nice. things that are valuable to you. And maybe they're valuable to you from a monetary standpoint, but mm-hmm. also like we talked about earlier, they're valuable to you from a sentimental point of view as well. And it also sounds like, Lauren, what you do, uh, you and your colleagues at Trovery do, is you help, when I'm dreaming, you help me find my dream. You help connect me with the with the right with what I'm looking for. Now do you do that using specialized kind of analytics? Or how do you is this more of a personalized kind of, you know, I speak with someone on how does this work? How how, how does your model work? Yeah, it it works however the consumer wants to. And okay. that's what's the beautiful part of this is that consumers have different journeys. They have different expectations, especially when you're in an online platform like Trovery. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do is make sure that we were creating a luxury brand and a luxury experience that kind of transcended an online marketplace, okay. but really spoke to today's luxury consumer. So if somebody comes onto the site and they know exactly what they want, mm-hmm. then it's really a very sort of um, familiar end-to-end shopping experience gotcha. with the best selection of you know, over a thousand watches, all of which are available today. Mm. And what we're giving the customer the opportunity to do is decide, well, how do they want it? Do they want it picked up in store because we are omni-channel, which is also a very unique sort of value proposition for Trovery. So Mm -hmm. not only we authorize, not only are we multi-branded, but we're also omni-channel because there are some people who don't want to forego that face-to-face interaction in the storefront, and they'd like to go in and have a Trovery ambassador, which we have in every single store, instruct them on how to operate your watch, how to care for your watch, let me size it for you so it fits you perfectly. So we offer some customers who have an authorized dealer in their local market the opportunity to go and pick it up in store. I see. Otherwise, somebody could come to the site, and we have a slew of really wonderful client service professionals who are here to help ask questions, learn quickly about what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and based upon our years in this industry and the fact that this is founded by three veterans of the luxury watch space, we're able to help quickly guide you to the perfect timepiece mm-hmm. that you're buying for yourself or you're buying for someone else. Wow, super exciting. And so this is this is interesting because you mentioned you almost identified for us, Lauren, two segments. Like one segment is like more kind of into the style design. What am I want expressing about myself? A different segment may have more of a legacy. Here's my milestone. Here's my, my big moment in life that kind of reminds me of those memories. Are there other segments to be aware of? Oh, I think there are people like yourself who fancy themselves <laughs> a collector or a connoisseur. Yes, right. right. Um, so there's definitely a, a big market out there. And I think especially for men, there are few things that you can wear into a 
business meeting or into a night out that really gives you the opportunity to express your style and your individuality. You can't really drive your car into a conference room, but you can certainly wear your watch on your wrist. So there are definitely um, people who enjoy the curation and the collection and the sort of appreciation for having a personal portfolio of beautiful watches from which to choose. Very, very cool. Let's jump to the phone lines. This is Orlando. Hi, Orlando. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for calling. What's your question? My question is around the inventory kept on hand. How do you manage that? Because it seems like we have a lot of dollars in stock. Interesting. What are your thoughts there, uh, Lauren? What do you, what, how, do you, how do you manage the inventory? Thanks for that call, Orlando. Well, it's a really great question. It is one of the biggest problems that we needed to solve. And the way we worked around the inventory issue is by not owning any at all. Oh, ah, interesting. So we interesting. are an e-commerce platform. We like to call ourselves disruptors in the market because we are the first of its kind. No one else is out here doing what we're doing because we're doing it not by disrupting the industry, by, by collaborating mm. with the major stakeholders, those stakeholders being luxury watch brands and the stakeholders being those independent jewelers across the United States. Mm -hmm. So what we have is a pretty sophisticated real-time inventory feed that we get from these 26 jewelers with 70 storefronts around the United States. Mm. And we then have a real-time inventory from which anyone around the United States who's coming online can make a purchase. Uh -huh. And then based upon sort of a number of different algorithms and what their preference is for an in-store pickup versus shipping, we then allocate that order to one of the retailers within our jeweler network. Oh, I see. And then they are responsible for meticulously preparing the watch the Trovery Ambassador in that store, reaching out to the consumer, mm -hmm. making sure they understand sort of their wrist sizes or any special sort of shipping instructions. And then the watches are picked and prepared, packaged and shipped to the customer next day, two day, however mm. the customer prefers to receive it. Or in the case that there's a retailer within a 30 mile radius, you have the opportunity to go and pick it up in store. Very, very cool. Lauren Kalmus, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was great to have you, and I hope you'll join us again. I would be delighted. Thank you, America. Excellent. Listeners, if you're interested in keeping up with what's going on with Lauren and Trovery, head to Trovery.com. That's T-R-O-V-E-R-I-E.com. Or follow them on Twitter, at Trovery1. That's at T-R-O-V-E-R-I-E-1. Listeners, if you're enjoying this as a podcast, remember that our show, Marketing Matters, airs live on Sirius XM Channel 132 every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. and is replayed Saturdays at midnight, Sundays 8 to 10 p.m., and Mondays 2 to 4 a.m. if you can get up that early. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 